Okay. Awesome. I haven't got that perfected yet. You know, women, we always need something dangling. I mean, <laughs> the little studs just don't do. Anyway, so Pastor has been talking about momentum. For 2020, you know, uh, it's, it, that's what God gave this man and us uh, the vision for 2020 is momentum. And momentum meaning that something has already started, you know what I mean? Now some people may, things have not started yet, but guess what, today's your day. Uh, so he's been talking about momentum, and when I think about momentum, I'm thinking about overflow of abundance. I'm thinking about a continual flow of, a, of blessings upon blessings upon blessings. And <clears throat> And, and so it's almost like every time I turn around, there's something there that I hadn't, ha hadn't gotten before. So blessings after blessings after blessings is upon me. Promotion and increase, financial breakthrough, all your needs being met, the desires of your heart being fulfilled, divine health, your children excelling in academics and social uh, situations, peace, peace in your heart and in your mind. You know, uh, my son said this a while, he said, there, he said, there is no price for peace. If you think about it, y'all, if, if you really think about it, you can have all the money in the world, you can have all the stuff in the world, but if you don't have no peace, I know we know people that had plenty of money, could buy anything that they want, can go anywhere they wanted to go, and yet they had no peace. And so peace is something that we, we uh, I don't know if we, we yearn for it, but we don't do the things that it takes to get the peace. Peace is already waiting for us. Peace is always there. My husband did a teaching some years back talking about peace, and he was talking about, uh, well, he was talking about patience. Let patience have its perfect work. So, so we know patience is trying to be employed. It wants to work on our behalf. Well, peace is right around the corner. I believe peace is something that, uh, in fact, uh, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom, which means nothing missing, nothing lacking. It's harmony. It's, it's blissfulness. It's a state of being. And, and so what God is endeavoring for us for 2020 and for the years to come is to enter into another level of peace. Peace in your heart, peace in your mind. You know, raise your hand if you, I know I ain't by myself that you want peace in your life, in every area of your life. And it almost seems like that's the most essential part of our being is to have peace. Because what, what good is it if you have everything and you don't have peace? You don't, you, you're looking over your shoulder. You don't know who you can trust. That's not peaceful. So moving in 2020, um, I wanted to also uh, talk about, uh, here's a, a scripture, and you can write this down. We, we're, we're not going to go too much. Look, I forgot my Bible. You know, how many of y'all know when you got your Bible, it's one thing, but when you look at, looking at somebody else's Bible, it's different. You can't even find the scriptures. I mean, really, and be like, it's the same Bible, but you can't find your scriptures. So anyway, so I'm going to do my best here. I got my husband's Bible. Um, but anyway, um, Amos 9, 13, and 15. I'm going to read this out of the message. It says, yes, indeed, it won't be long, God decrees. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of another. You won't be able to keep up. 
That's the kind of that's what I'm talking about. That momentum. That's what I'm talking about. And everywhere you look, blessings, blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I know somebody's saying, "Uh oh, wine. Oh, I can drink wine now." No, that's not what it's saying. <laughs> My husband was talking about how the wine back in the day it was like, uh, like juice. It was like juice, and and so uh, when they they put the wine or the the grapes through a presser, it made a whining sound. That's how they came up with wine. Is that right? I'm kind of close. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. So, um, so, so, Bass Pastor was actually, um, you know, Pastor and I have actually been living this blessing after blessing life. Um, it's, we started off with, uh, well, I, the only thing that I could think of right now was um, we sold our house. We actually, no, we closed on this house. So, all of us closed on this house, right? All of us, y'all, it's not just me and pastor, all of us closed on a house that was $350,000, what we purchased, purchased it for, and it valued at 670 on 21 acres of land with a six acre pond. We did that, y'all, we did that. So that was a momentum happening. That was a momentum happening. Now, if that wasn't enough for us, we sold our house that we actually, whoo, he said, y'all, I'm telling you, this house, we was in contract how many times? Four times, y'all. Now, the house is in Ohio. Son moved out because he, 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 he moved in there and, and he moved out. Now, the, the, the house is empty. We're still paying the note on that. And right after we, we, we closed on this, was it August we closed on this? Next week. The next week, y'all, we closed on the house. Talk about momentum, y'all. Okay, so then after we closed on the house, we got out of debt. Talk about momentum. Come on now, come on. Oh, yeah, y'all seem a little casual right now. <laughs> no, seriously, we got out of debt. We had never been out of debt since actually before I known him, before I met him, I was in debt. When I met him, we were in debt. We just and he the same. We just we were always in debt. So we never knew what it felt like to not owe anybody nothing. That's amazing, y'all. That is amazing. And then on top of that, found out my credit score was over 800. Amen. I ain't never had no over 800. Never in my life, y'all. Never in my life had an over 800 credit score. And him, he too. He too. We both had. I said, what? So, okay, so we had that going on. What else we had going on, baby? It's so much. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, uh, well, uh, with the help of our dear, uh, blessed uh, sister here, uh, we are going to be closing on our uh, home here in Charlotte because we never had a home in Charlotte. What would you say? Close to Charlotte? Oh, yeah, it's not going to be in Charlotte, y'all. I'm sorry. We had to get a little far away. No. <laughs> so Melissa really helped us. She's helping us on that. So hopefully we'll be close on that. And I'm believing that's going to be debt free, y'all. I can put my faith out there for that, right? Because I'm on a I'm on a momentum, right? See, when things start happening in your life, start to start to have expectation. Start to have expectation. Okay, God, you're doing this, but I know it's opening the door for that, and I'm going to move in this situation because I know you got something else planned for me. It's that expectation draws in what it is that you desire. 
See, God said, he says, delight yourself in him and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And so you got, we, we've got to start expecting. This is a momentum, y'all, that has happened, seriously. With the congregation, all of us as a body, we bought this building. That was God, y'all. That was really God. Because if you really looked at how, y'all, see, they don't really know, baby. First off, they said that the, the, the lender that we went, went with said that we had to actually be a church for 10 years, wasn't it 10 years? At least 10, at least 10 years, and we had only eight, right? At that time, was it nine? Eight and, eight and a half. And so that was a stumbling block because most banks don't like to have to foreclose on a, home, on, on a church. So, but we found favor. You see what I'm saying? We found favor. And, uh, and then we poured our resources together to get this. Now, what's so amazing about this, uh, we bought it for 350, we owe, 277 y'all do you know that could be that could be like disappeared just like that so it's amazing what God is amen how many of y'all agree with me and so pastor has been teaching about momentum and momentum as it relates to God your relationship with God momentum as it relates to your covenant if you're married know uh, those of us that are married like we really got to really start paying attention why God brought you together see there's a reason why he brought you together and if you are opposing each other then you're opposing the purpose that God had all along to bring you together and and here's a big one y'all and we got any kids here well we do got a couple okay I'll say it in code I'll do my best so what? what okay so i'm sorry i'm even just as i'm thinking about this so when we are single we knocking boots is that cold enough okay but then we get we get permission from our god our heavenly father there's no uh it, it, it you're free <laughs> You're free. <laughs> and why is it? That's, that's one of the first things that goes in a marriage. And see, the enemy is fighting. He's, he's trying to stop the momentum. Because he knows if I can get these two people in agreement at a core that is deeper than the surface. See, when you, when you come together. I'm trying now. I'm working with this. When you come together. Those are two spirits in the midst, and who's, who's in the midst? If two or more are gathered, then there he is in what? The midst. And so the very thing, that intimacy that, that God created for husband and wife, husband and wife, <laughs> for my single people, he created that for a purpose and a reason. And so when we shut the door to that, we're shutting the door to all the things that God has in store for that, that couple. And the enemy knows that. And so that's why he doesn't want those marriages to come together. See, it's bigger than just the knocking the boots. <laughs> it's bigger than that. It really is. So look, my sister, she knows it's bigger than that. God is trying to do some things in the earth, and he uses a family to do it. And so when we block that part in our marriage, I'm, see, I'm speaking to somebody here because... I, that, that's not even in my notes, but God knows. 
He knows. Y'all, look, we sung, speak, Lord, speak, Lord, right? When didn't we just do that? Well, he's speaking right now. You, we got to get that together, y'all, as couples, because that, I'm telling you, is power in that thing. You know, when we, if there's something major, we, if, I'm just giving you a little secret here, when something major coming in our life, guess what? We're going to seal that thing, right? <laughs> playing around with that y'all we know we know and see uh, amen hey just to prove to y'all how important it is just to prove to you how important it is seriously just to prove to you how important it is is think about it y'all y'all heard the soul tie right well the reason why is because those two souls got together they parted but guess what those souls, that soul, or one of the souls, because sometimes it's usually one of the person that's just being a knucklehead. Well, the other person that, that is yearning for that person. Why? Because their souls have touched. Here's another thing. For, see, God, Lord, he knows what he's doing. He's saying, speak. So, so even like if you are single and you're knocking boots, whatever's in that person when you enter in, you're entering in and filling yourself up with whatever's in that person. If it's fear, intimidation, insecurity, and you walk away and you be like, man, why do I feel some kind of way? Well, you just got in. <laughs> you just got in. All right, I think it's enough on that. <laughs> All right, so, so Pastor's been talking about, you know, momentum, you know, with God, momentum with covenant and marriage, momentum with family and friends. Y'all, God is doing something in this hour with your family. I know y'all don't like them. I know, I know, I know. I know they have pissed you off since you was a child. I know that your mother, your father didn't, wasn't there for you. I know that your brother beat you or your sister beat you. I know they may have even done something that was inappropriate oh which made me think about okay yeah we had somebody that was supposed to do a testimony sorry Stella so <laughs> um, but the thing is God is doing something with family you got to pay attention got to pay attention y'all uh, my family has been so um, separated for many years and it was interesting because I'm now in his family and what the Lord was doing with me was he was literally using me to bring his family together like there were different functions and things like that and God would just use me to just really connect with them and to bring them in fact I got the privilege and an honor to uh, serve his father uh, right before he died uh, 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 um, the um, accepting Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Um, you know, it was just like I was doing all this work for his family. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, now it's time for your family. And my family's been far apart. We've been really far apart. You know, <laughs> Peaches know, uh, she probably, uh, well, okay, that's a whole nother story. We won't get into that. But anyway, uh, I, I was very distant with my family, not because I didn't love them or anything like that. We just were busy. And that's what happens. You get busy. Life happens, right? But you have to actually connect with your family because it's your family that actually God uses to, um, God uses to, to uh, actually to help you to see yourself. See, if you ever want to know, if you ever want to know, you know, how you are, look at your family. I'm telling you, I, 
I was getting out of the car today. Stella, Stella was helping me. I was getting out of the car, and I said, I said, um, I said, hey, honey. <laughs> I sounded just like my mother. I was like, oh, my God. I'm sounding like my mother because it's, it's, it's in my DNA. And so if you want to find out what's going on with you, sometimes it's good to connect with your family. And God will use you if you've gone out of your family to connect with your family to get them out. See, God calls a family, and so he's wanting us to connect with family, y'all. How many of y'all will, will receive that message like right there? Just, just start. All you got to do is just start. Amen. I only got a few hands. <laughs> well, I'm assuming that everybody is connected with their family because maybe everybody's not like me. So, and then he talked about a momentum of receiving the desires of your heart. We've got to be able to, like, like, God cares about what's on your heart. As long as it's in line with his will, he cares. Now, if it's selfish, like, you know, okay, I want a I want million dollars so that I could go to Hawaii and live there and never go to church, and I just want to eat and sleep and drink and, you know, knock boots or whatever the case is. <laughs> yeah, I just want to just chill, right? Well, would that be considered uh, like something that he would sign off on? No, because what it's doing is it's taking you further away. It's taking you further away. So, I, you know, this is what God is doing. He's trying to cause momentum to happen. He taught us, Pastor was teaching us about new beginnings and uh, that the new beginnings was about having a new mindset. See, coming to church, y'all, as much as it's sometimes excruciating, it's really what it's doing is it's changing our mindset. Because the problem is here. It's what are we thinking? What are we thinking? And then we're expecting change to happen. But we haven't changed this. And so coming to church is important. It's important because if you hear a word today and you go home and you chew on that word today, you chew on it because sometimes it walk out the door, you, somebody asks you, so what did the preacher, preacher talk about? Well, I don't, I don't know. It was so much, you say. You know what I'm saying? you forget so faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God the more you hear the more faith you get so I'm encouraging you out there you out there in TV land I'm encouraging you to come on a consistent basis because that's what that's the only way it's going to be changed momentum momentum God is doing a thing with momentum and so um let me get to what I'm talking about here today. So I started talking about peace. And it, isn't it interesting that if you ever taught, he always uses the very thing that you are teaching uh, as an example. So peace is one of the things we're going to talk about. I, I, I talked about it a little earlier. So peace, right? And life happens, right? Life happens to the point where you're frazzled. You're like, oh, my God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Because we all are... We, try to multitask, but then we, 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 we miss things when we try to do that. And so what God is saying today, I really believe, and this is just for not only today, but for the rest of your life, there are three pillars of peace that he wants us to embrace today. Three pillars of peace. One of them, and this is what happened New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, um, I was standing up here, and I didn't really have anything to say. And uh, pastor, pastor was talking about momentum and things of that nature. And right when Pastor said, okay, so what do you have, Pastor Melanie? I immediately came in my spirit. Tell the people, get right with 
God, get right with yourself, and get right with others. Say that with me. Get right with, uh huh. Get right with yourself. Okay. And so when we do all three of those things, we're going to enter into a peace and a rest with God. You know, um, it's the kind of, 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 of that peace that I'm talking about is the kind that surpasses all understanding. See, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the situation that you're in that's devastating, that's, that's uh, a nuisance, whatever the case is, there is peace that we can actually have in the midst of it all. Because God's not done with your situation yet. See, if you look at your situation right now as this is final, you ain't going to have no peace. If you look at the situation like you're all by yourself, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But here's the thing. You have to believe God for, at his word. He has to be the final authority in your life. It can't be you. It can't be your friend or your parent or whoever else. It, it has to be, God, I take you for what you said in your word. Because God is not a man that he shall lie. Now, sometimes the delays that happens in our life, we, we tend to feel like, okay, is he coming? Is he not? But when there's a wilderness, y'all, in your life, that's not the time to think that he's not there. The children of Israel was in the wilderness, but guess what? Every time they needed him, he was right there. So, but he's, he's smart enough to know he got to come on time. Not our time, but his time. Because if he comes on our time, we'll miss him. We miss him now when we don't listen to him. We miss him now when we are disobedient. See, the Holy Spirit is in this earth, and he's a central figure in this earth. That's why he said, Jesus said, it's expedient that I go so that I can send, what? The comforter. It's important that we understand that the Holy Spirit is in this earth to lead and guide us into truth. And one good thing, you know, how many of y'all be like, man, I wish I could just hear God. Like, I don't hear him speaking. I don't know what we think. We think he's going to be like, Melanie, <laughs> thus saith the Lord. Turn, girl, turn. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it is that we think that we, I don't know what it is we're believing to hear in terms of a sound, a sound. See, he's not always a sound. In fact, he's a still, small voice. But here's the blessed thing about it. Everybody in this room, I'm saying this with pride and with, with, uh, with boldness, thank you, confidence, Everybody in this room has the ability, the capability of hearing God. And God fixed it so that we would. Now, I'm going to tell you how he fixed it. How he fixed it was he gave everybody in this room a conscious. Now, that conscious tells you when you're going too far to the right, when you're going too far to the left. It tells you, don't go down that road, Melanie. It tells you, whatever it's telling you, your conscious is, is, is really the Holy Spirit into your conscience. Problem is, we've been, we've been uh, ignoring the signal. So you're looking for this extravagant voice. 
But your consciousness tells you when you click on that daggone computer, right before you click on it, the Holy Spirit uh, like warns your, your consciousness. Y'all know what I'm talking about when I say computer, right? Okay, good. We're all together. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit is trying to, to, to awaken us. And so it's important that we, you know, the scripture talks about that he actually convicts the world of sin, of judgment, of righteousness. So we have what it takes to hear him. We've just been ignoring him. And he uses our consciousness to, to get in touch with us. Does that make sense? So whenever your conscience is telling you something to do something, you need to do it. Because I guarantee you, your consciousness is not, not telling you to do, like, go over there and steal, you know. Because every time when you go to steal, I don't know about y'all, I used to steal back in the day. <laughs> back in the day, I used to steal. Well, my consciousness didn't say, girl, you better go over there to that uh, B&B store and get whatever you want. No, that was, that, was, that was the enemy and myself and the, you know, that was, that was me making the choice to do the things that were wrong. But as I got older and my consciousness started to convict me because I'm now walking with God, it started to convict me that that's wrong. You don't do that. You don't lie. You don't steal. You don't cheat. I remember, you know, some of y'all have heard the story, but I used to lie a lot. I mean, like, I lied when I didn't have to lie. How many of y'all have done that? Just lie. Just, just lie. You ain't have to lie. And, and, and I get out of that thing because I knew it wasn't right. Because my consciousness, every time I went to do it, would say, don't do that, don't do that. And then I'd be, oh, bloop. You know what I mean? It's just like, it just comes out. And so, because I trained myself. I trained myself to just go ahead and just flow, Right? So one time, I challenged myself. I said, the next time I tell a lie, I'm going to tell that person. I'm going to have to tell that person, I just lied to you. Now, how many times do y'all think I had to say that? <laughs> Not very many. <laughs> Maybe one. I think I, I shared it one time with a person, and I said, I'm so sorry. I just lied to you. And it was, that was the most humbling experience, but it worked. It worked, y'all. So try it on for size for some of the people that are, are having that issue. So, there, uh, so let's get back to get right with God, get right with yourself, and get right with others. And so we have to have a healthy reverence for God. You know, this, this world that we live in don't have a reverence for God. And we got to get back to that because God is real. God is real, y'all. We're here because of God. We didn't just like, boom, this uh, uh, light happened and boom, now here we're, we're here. No, we came from a place. God is here. And so we, we've got to get a healthy uh, reverence for him. So, you know, when they say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, well, the fear he's talking about is a reverence. We got to reverence him. And we ought to see him as our final authority. So, are you at peace with God? That's a question. It's a question I really want you to chew on. Are you at peace with God? Because even if family's right, if the money's tight, and you don't have peace with God, you're always going to feel like, ah, you know, like he's looking over your shoulder. You're always going to feel like, 
ah, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. You're going to always feel like that inner turmoil within yourself if you're not at peace with God. Now, we cover it up with food. We cover it up with music. We cover it up with, you know, uh, knocking boots. <laughs> I don't know why he's saying that, but it's the truth. We'll, 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 not, we'll, we'll cover it up with that kind of stuff. And the thing is, those things can't replace the peace with God. You can even try to do all the right things, you know, say all the right things. And I'm a good person, but good people go to hell. It's not being good that gets you in heaven. It's, 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 it's accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If Jesus was to crack this sky right now, um, this is a question. If Jesus cracked the sky right now, where would you spend eternity, heaven or hell? That's a good question. So think on that, y'all, while we we're uh, talking about this. Think on that. Seriously, for those of you that have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can't waste time. We, we had a, a friend, my friend back there, you know, was in a horrific, uh, uh, tragic uh, car crash. God spared his life. But he didn't spare it for you to waste it. He spared it for you to actually be part of his plan and his purpose. And so anybody here, don't let today slip by and you not know where you're going to spend eternity. Because this world right now is temporary. We're going to spend somewhere for eternity. And Jesus Christ came and died for our sins to help us to live this life on earth, but also to help us to get in right standing with, with the Father. See, it's because of his righteousness that we are right with the Father. Not because I've dotted all my I's and crossed all my T's. Because we're not perfect, right? And so that's why you have to embrace Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Then you'll have peace where you're going to spend eternity. And so having peace with God, getting right with God. Here's another thing, is making sure that you're walking in truth. Truth is what sets us free. Some of us don't want to embrace walking in truth. We lie to our spouse. We lie on the job. We lie to ourselves. You're good. No, you ain't. You ain't good. You're cool. You're okay. No, you're not. For the ones that aren't. I'm just, you know, not, not, you know I'm just saying that. So truth, because it's the truth. John 8, 32 says the truth shall make you free. And so we can right with God. This message is, is hopefully to challenge those that are, are not walking with God to really, see, here's the thing. You don't have to actually uh, clean yourself up to walk with God. You know, some people feel like, okay, I got to I got to go get cleaned up. I, you know, I'm not ready yet because I still got my little stuff I want to do and all of that. And when I finish with that, then maybe I'll give my life right with God. You know what? Look, and I came from the old school, the fire and brimstone. <laughs> when I found out that there was a hell and it was burning and all that stuff, I was like, okay, I don't want to go there. What I need to do to sign up. That was just me, right? And then I learned as I went on in life. But 
the point I'm making here is when you are wanting to get right with God, don't look at where you are. Don't look at where you are because wherever you are, it's not going to look like you're ready. And you're going to say to yourself, well, I'm not finished smoking. I'm not finished partying. I'm not finished getting high or whatever the case is, whatever your little pleasures are, I'm not finished. But here's the thing. If you come to God and allow him to clean you up, he will do it. I am a witness of that, y'all. I was, listen, I was a woman that smoked two and a half packs of Cool's Filter King a day. A day. Cool's Filter King. Now, Cool's Filter, I don't know, do they even sell that nowadays? Cool's Filter Kings? Huh? What's what I heard? What's, what it was? Was that back in the day? They don't sell Cool's Filter King no more? this I smoked a dime bag every day now y'all know what a dime bag is y'all know what a dime bag is okay so I got some people to know what a dime bag is right I, I drunk wine coolers and wine and alcohol little, little Melanie yeah little, little innocent looking Melanie and and uh and, and, but I knew enough to know, man, I felt guilty every time I did it. One time I got high, y'all, this is off of marijuana. I never did anything major like, like my husband. <laughs> sorry, baby, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you've, you've admitted. I got the mic, that's right, I got the mic. So, so he, yeah, he was way above me. <laughs> so, I knew my limits. So, uh, but but back to me. What I'm what I'm what I'm about to. What I'm, what, yeah. So so here's the thing. So I'm getting high. Oh, then I, this is another thing, y'all. I had a problem. I had a big problem with this. I cursed like a sailor. Little me. I, every word that came out of my mouth was a curse word. So now you're talking about I lied. I cheated, I stole, I did drugs, I smoked cigarettes. What else did I do? Knock boots? When I, <laughs> I mean, unmarried. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just being real, y'all. I'm keeping it real, okay? So I did all this stuff, right? But I didn't have no peace. And so one day I was actually, I just got high off of marijuana. And all of a sudden I heard this boom. It was like this big boom. I, I, I didn't even do it the way I heard it. It was this boom. Oh, Jesus, the rapture's here. I mean, I, I was like, oh, Jesus. No, y'all laughing. I got on my knees. I got on my knees, y'all. And I cried out to God that day because I thought that the, the rapture was coming. I thought that, that, that something happened. Seriously. I thought something happened. And, and so... <laughs> So I, the partner that I was with, he was, he was freaking out too because I'm freaking out. So we both freaking out like, oh my God, we're about to die. So, but come to find out, it was a backfire, a, tr a car that backfired. Now, now y'all know when you get high, that's what happens. It, it, it makes you paranoid, right? 
it makes you paranoid. And so I'm thinking I'm going to hell. So I said to myself, I don't have peace. My God, if God, if God came back today, where would I spend eternity? And I'm high talking this. I'm high. So guess what? I said, well, I'm going to church. I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to give my life to the Lord just as I am. I'm not going to worry about, because I would always say this, I ain't ready. When I get ready, I'll know. Guess what? That was like 13 years later. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It never, I never got ready. I never got ready. You won't ever get ready if you think that you're, you're going to trick yourself and say, when I get ready. So this particular, I joined the church, joined the ministry, and uh, uh, I ended up, uh, I was like, man, I'm still smoking, I'm still drinking, I'm still cursing. I'm doing all these things that I came to church with, right? And so I kept coming. I just kept coming. I just, no matter what, I kept coming. And slowly but surely, the word was actually cleaning me up. I took it a step further, and I get this. I had the nerves to join the choir, getting high. So I did this. I said, listen, Lord, I know it's because I felt convicted every time, right? You feel that conviction. Anybody that smoked marijuana, you know what I'm talking about. You feel convicted. Well, <laughs> I mean, but it's even at a whole nother level, I'm just telling you. So I felt convicted, and I was like, God said, listen, I don't know if I do this in my own strength. I can't do it in my own strength. So what I need you to do is I need you to take the taste and the desire from my mouth and my mind. Because you know your mind tells you, uh-oh, it's time to smoke. You know, there's little triggers. I had triggers too, y'all. You know, right before you eat, right after you eat. I mean, it was like all these triggers. And so, but, but the thing is, I said, I said, God, I need you to take the taste away from me. Well, now I told y'all I did like a Dimebag uh, week, right? Thank you. I did a Dimebag a week, right? And so, I mean, a, a day, not a week, a day. <laughs> well, this particular day, I didn't have uh, $10, because that's what a Dimebag is, $10, right? I didn't have $10. And I got through the day, because I didn't have $10, right? I was like, oh, man. I ain't had no joint today. So then the next day happened. And uh, I didn't have no money. Now, I don't know why I was rolling with money because I wasn't, I ain't have it all like that. But for some reason, I always had money for a dime bag, right? So anyway, uh, make a long story short, I ended up, y'all, um, going a whole week without smoking a joint. And all of a sudden, it was like, a, like the taste, the desire was, it just left me. Same thing with the cigarettes. I put those cigarettes down just like I picked them up. Two and a half packs a day, y'all. It's hard for anybody to just give up cigarettes like that. But God took the desire away from me because he knew my heart was right. My heart wanted to serve him. My heart wanted to, to, to really be right, to have what? Peace. Because I didn't have peace. And so I had to get right with God. We're spending some time here because I'm telling you, God is speaking in this hour. We just, we just sung, speak, Lord, speak, Lord, right? Y'all sung it with me. I heard y'all. I, I saw your mouths move. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. So he's speaking to you right now. Harden not your heart. 
to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And so we're talking about people that have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but now we're talking about, I'm about to talk about, is the people that have accepted, but they've been living a life that's very immature. And they're, 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 that's, remember I started talking about truth. We've got to get to a place where we embrace truth. You've got to locate where you really are and, 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 and quit trying to uh, uh, fake it. Just, you know, faking it. The scripture talks about how, you know, we have to be doers of the word of God and, and not just hearers. We hear very good, all of us. We, we hear all kinds of stuff, right? But are we doing what we hear? That's what takes us to, from, a, from a baby Christian to a mature Christian. You know, it's no longer we should be on the milk of the word. We should be on the meat of the word. You, you know, after a while, you know, when you get older, everybody in here, I can tell you this right now, it, milk ain't going to do it, right? You need more substance. And so you, we, we got to get to a place where we uh, are, are maturing in the Lord. We're being honest with where we are. We're giving those things that are not right to God and say, God, I need you to fix me. I need you to help me giving it to him so I can get what? Right with? Y'all don't sound too. <laughs> so, so let's say, say I need to, I need to get, right get right with God. With God. Amen, amen. I'm spending a lot of time on that. So, but, you, no, but here's the thing. Are you willing to pay the price to honor God? Are you willing to pay the price, y'all? And this is for, uh, the, the, I'm speaking more to the people that are, have been in the Lord for the longest. Are you willing to pay the price to honor God? Because you've been walking with God for a long time. And so now what God is calling us in this hour is to try to take what you do right now to another level. Because if you stay stagnant, y'all, we'll, we'll, you won't grow. We won't grow. So we got to take it to the next level. You know, that your next level might be tithing. Your, your, le your level might be, you know what, okay, now I know, good dog and well, to get in covenant with God, I need to tithe. The scripture says in Malachi, bring ye all the tithes into my storehouse, and I will uh, prove me now that I, I'm saying it, uh, prove me now, saith the Lord, that I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that you don't have enough to, uh, to receive. And that's our covenant with God. When we, when we tithe, what we're saying is, God, I trust you with your money. <laughs> look, look, notice I said, your money. See, he, it's his money anyway, right? And even if you say to yourself, well, I don't worked. <laughs> I know some of you. I felt you. I felt your mind saying, well, I'm the one that went to work. He didn't go to work with me. No, but he gave you the wherewithal to actually do the job that you're doing. So everything goes, points back to him. So that might be something that you may want to ascribe to for two. I'm going to tell y'all, tithing has been a part of our life since we've been together. We've been together for 27 years. 27 years, y'all, we've been tithing. We've been proving God. We've been proving what he said in Malachi, prove me now, saith the Lord. And I'm telling you, our lifestyle has never been conducive to our income, ever. That's why people look at our lifestyle and they be like, oh, y'all got it. No, we ain't like that. I mean, it, ain't a, it looked like that. But God has caused the windows of heaven. He's caused people to pour into us. That's how we live. We live, we live uh, 
I, I don't even want to figure it out, to be honest with you. I always say, if there is any lack, I always say, look, pour the oil. Just keep pouring the oil. Because remember when, when the, the woman and with the, the, the sons and, you know, uh, the, 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 um, the prophet told her, okay, go borrow the, take the, the, borrow the vessels. Actually, he said, go borrow the vessels. So she ain't had nothing. She ain't even had no vessels, right? Go borrow the vessels and, and then ask for some oil. And so she did that, and she kept pouring the oil, and guess what, it just kept coming, it just kept coming, it kept, so that's, that's my philosophy. If there's lack, I know, look, baby, just pour the oil. Don't worry about how you're gonna do it, just pour the oil. <laughs> Remember, I mean, that's, what, that's the kind of, we've been rolling like that. So if you are a believer, and you wanna get in covenant at a whole nother level with God in 2020 and for the rest of your life, hopefully, then you wanna do that because here's the other thing that tithing does. It rebukes the devourer for your sake. So things last longer. Man, we had that Honda. Oh, well, Hondas, they, they, they're known for forever. I mean, they, they can run. But that thing, man, we had, we had it for years, y'all. That thing was, it was, it was tight until a deer hit us. <laughs> I mean, it, you hit the deer, that's right. So, but, but things, <laughs> things last longer, you know? I mean, and so it's, 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 it's if, if things, or, you know, if a person's pregnant, you know, sometimes if they're pregnant, they lose their fruit because of lack of tithing, believe it or not. So tithing is something that God intended for us because he says where your treasure is, there's your heart. And so, you know, some of us covet money. We covet money, and we don't trust that God is going to continuously supply. So it's important that we get right with God. Say, I'm going to get right, get with, right God. with God. All right. Um, so we got to grow spiritually. And um, I'm going to read Matthew 5:48 uh, in the AMP. It says, you therefore will be perfect growing into spiritual maturity both in mind and character Actively integrating godly values into your daily life as your heavenly father is perfect. And so we've, gotta, we've got to um, remember that we have to grow spiritually. That's something you, we just can't get away from. And we have to always be mindful to take it to the next level. We gotta take it to the next level. So your little, you know, I'm not saying this uh, like, like I'm, being belittling but you know I'll say this so my little five minute prayer that ain't gonna do it that that ain't gonna do it you, I, I need to press in at a whole nother level if it's five minutes maybe make it ten you know, just take it to take what you do right now to the next level that's all I'm saying just take it to the next level because that's where uh, you will find your peace See, that's what we've been talking about is finding peace with God. You know, don't, don't allow, you know, laziness because sometimes we can get lazy and we don't want to pray. But I'm going to be honest with you. Praying in English sometimes can be very difficult because why? You run out of words. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, oh my goodness. I pray, y'all. I pray. I sing in the Holy Ghost all the time. I pray probably in the Holy Ghost more than I just do actual prayer. Because the Spirit of God earning, he, 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 uh, he basically it's your spirit man connecting with the Father. And he knows exactly what he's saying, right? I don't, I don't wanna really get in the way. 
So the things I know to pray with my English, I'll do that. But the things that I don't, then I pray in the Holy Ghost. And I'll just be walking, you know, I mean, I know, don't be freaking out, y'all, for those that don't know what I'm doing. But what I'm doing is, I'm, see, Jude 20 talks about you build yourself up in the most holy faith when you pray in the Holy Ghost. That's Bible. And I'm going to be honest with you, if you think about it, um, speaking in tongues is something that the enemy does not want us to do. He really is trying to stop us from even embracing the, the idea or the concept of even doing that. Why? Because he knows that if they start praying in tongues, I can't hear a word they're saying. I don't understand a word they're saying. See, it bypasses him and it goes from your spirit man to him. And so when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it bypasses the enemy. Because if the enemy hears some of your prayers, he could send a counterfeit. He could do that. So I, I, that's a whole other teaching. So I would encourage you, you know, Pastor did a teaching on understanding the Holy Spirit. Uh, I would encourage you to actually listen to it because it will give you a breakdown, breakdown of the whole uh, speaking in tongues. And, and, and I, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm saying this boldly because in a lot of churches across the America has stopped speaking in tongues. They have stopped it. They've even stopped just saying the name Jesus. In churches all over the America. Jesus, look, we need Jesus. We need him. We need him today. So we got to get right with God. Then we got to get right with ourselves. Some of us, some of us feel uh, 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 unworthy when God sees us worthy. I don't know about y'all, but I struggled with ins like insecurity for, for years. And that is the worst thing, to, to feel less than. To feel like, like, you, like, like, like you're some freak of nature. Like, like you're a nobody. Like you don't have what it takes. That is a bad feeling to feel that way. God doesn't want us to feel that way. We are worthy. He fearfully and wonderfully created us. And sometimes we just, we, we, we're too much in our own head. So we, we have to embrace that God made us worthy. Sometimes we self, we, 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 uh, we have to quit self-sabotaging ourselves. And what I mean by that is dumbing down the blessings that happens in our life because we think that people can't handle it. I did that before. I do that from time to time. Because you think that people can't handle when God is blessing you. No, he blessed you so you can tell it. Not to, 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 to put it back and, and now he can't get no glory. That's how he gets glory, through your story. But no, we don't want nobody to look funny or act funny because we think that they can't handle it. No, it's not our job for them to handle it. It's not, you just got to get it out there. God wants to show himself mightily in our lives and we got to quit self-sabotaging ourselves and dumbing down the blessings that has happened in our life. You know, there, there was a, uh, there, here's another thing. How many of y'all do this? And women are probably notorious for this. Oh, that's a nice dress you got on. I really like that belt. 
but girl, yeah, but I got a little thing on the side that's messed up. How many of y'all do that? I mean, really. We start to point out the things that are wrong. The person ain't asked for, for, for the stuff that was wrong. They just said, hey, that's a nice dress. Why can't we just say, thank you? I'm just saying, we got to get to a place where we uh, basically get right with ourselves. Don't allow your past to keep you from, from, from celebrating God and even to be celebrated. To be celebrated. You know, I don't know about y'all, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it was hard for me to be celebrated. Because for so many years, I had people hating on me. And it wasn't just their hate that bothered me. It was they took the hate to another level with abuse. Like fighting me. Jumping me. Like I've had 10 girls jump me. Because... I was, at a, I was at a function, it was a modeling place, uh, and, and the, um, um, <laughs> they asked, okay, so who's, go who's going to, uh, what do you call it, the person that, that walks the man, what, what the, uh, escort. escort, yeah, who's going to escort uh, Melanie? All the men came to me, <laughs> all the men came to me. Those women were, they were mad, and this particular day, uh, they went, I'm going to hurry up and try to finish this because this, this could be a long thing. But anyway, they, um, they, at the end, these women came in the bathroom. And I was like, why are all these women coming in the bathroom? I'm in there by myself. And somebody said, I heard you called me a, y'all know what she said. And I said, what? And I knew something was about to go down, right? I just knew they, they was about to get me. So I slammed on the girl. I just took her, I just took my fist and just hit her. <laughs> Oh, y'all I was this I was I was a bad I was look don't don't come to me and you got you got your posse with you I, look if, if I get one hit in I'm gonna be good you know what I'm saying and I made sure that one hit was good and so they they at the end because they broke it up at the end uh those the guys that actually said I want to be with her they actually walked me home these girls there was like 20 of them they ran. I mean, we saw them come. I said, oh, Jesus. And so I'm running. I'm, I'm, I'm just running. And sure enough, they caught up with us. Those women, y'all, they beat me and the men. They beat me and the men. And, and why? All because these men wanted to be my escort. That ain't right. Y'all know that ain't right, right? <laughs> so, so I had, so when when you when you have situations like that it causes you to be insecure believe it or not it causes you to be shy to share what god is doing because people can't handle it so don't let that stop you got to get right with yourself okay here's another one don't believe the lies that the father has told you don't believe it i mean that the enemy i'm sorry yelled that the, that the enemy, what, what I had here was uh, John 8, talks about, you know, the, the enemy is the father of lies. He's a liar. But don't believe him. You know, we have to make up in our mind and choose who we will believe. You have to say to yourself, I am a daughter or a son of the almighty living God. 
I am more than a conqueror. I am worth it. I am not abandoned. I am chosen. I am made in his image and after his likeness. I am good. I am great. I mean, you have to speak to yourself about what God is saying about you. You are more than a conqueror. You have what it takes. Do you understand what I'm saying? You gotta embrace that because he didn't make no trash. God didn't make trash. So you're not trash. God didn't make dummies. So you're not dumb. Let that sink in a little bit. You know, uh, and we also believe the lies that we've told ourselves. You're not good enough. You're a loser. You can't do anything right. You don't have what it takes. You're not smart enough. You are always messing up. See, those are lies that the enemy has used you to tell yourself. We got to get right with ourselves. The reality is none of us are perfect. None of us. That's the reality. We're all on the potter's wheel trying to get right. He's molding us and mending us. And we've not arrived. We won't ever arrive, to be honest with you. That's the beauty of, of, of serving God. You never, really, you never really arrive. It's a push. It's a press every time. But if you tell yourself, okay, you know what? I'm finished. I'm a finished product. That's a dangerous place to be because you'll stay stagnant. With God, he's alive. Everything about him is alive. It's life. It's growing. It's maturing. And so you have to embrace the fact that you have got to get right with yourself. Draw a line in the sand. No longer will I look at myself as less than. No longer will I look at myself that I don't have what it takes. No longer will I look at myself like, man, I've come up short every time. No, do some things to, so you won't have to come up short. There's some things you can do. And then this last thing, and I've got a few minutes to talk about this, but get right with others. You've got to get right with others. You know, God charged us to, 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 to love one another. In fact, he had two, there's two things that he said. There was ten commandments. There was ten commandments that he created, right? But he reduced them down to two things. Love God with all thy heart, but then love thy neighbor as thyself. That includes anybody and everybody that has offended you. See, there's power in forgiveness. Forgiveness is the key that unlocks the prison doors and lets you out. Forgiveness is the key that's going to let you out of that prison of the pain, the prison of the hurt, the prison of what's happened to you. It lets you out. Unforgiveness keeps that door locked. So we've got to let people go. And here's the thing, you know, letting people go is not letting them off. See, a lot of times we, we don't forgive people because we're thinking that we're letting them off. Here's some reasons why people don't forgive. 
We believe that the person doesn't deserve to be forgiven. We believe that the person uh, did not admit that he or she was wrong in order to understand the damage that they caused. See, that's, sometimes it's like, okay, they, they need to feel the gravity of how they affected me. We tell ourselves that there's no way I'm letting them off the hook. See, but forgiveness is given. It's not something that you earn. It's, it's, it's doing the right thing to get in right standing with God. He says forgive so that you can be forgiven. See, God knew enough to know that we were not perfect. And just as much as you are in a position right now where you have to forgive, how about the people that are in position or in a situation where they have to forgive you? And I promise you, there are people that probably, you know, need to forgive you because you're not perfect. So forgive so that you can be forgiven. It's imperative, y'all, because that one thing right there, and I wish I had a little, little bit more time to talk about that, but that one thing has been blocking uh, a lot of blessings from flowing in our life. See, see you got to look at your heart as the door. It's a door. Like, look at your heart as a door. And when you, when you uh, are in forgive, unforgiveness, rather, the door is closed. And so nothing gets in your heart. But the problem with that is the things that should go in your heart is not going in at all because that door is closed. You got the key to open it by releasing the people that have forgiven, that have, have, have done wrong to you. Now remember I said forgiveness is something that you don't earn. The person can't earn your forgiveness. You have to give it. And so today, God wants us to get right with others. And there are people in our life, I know there's people in this room that have been hurt dearly by their loved one, you know, husband, wife, you know, it could be a relative, um, but they've offended you. And you haven't known what to do with that. And God is actually saying today, I need you to release that. Think about it. Even Jesus himself said when he was dying on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for what? They know not what they do. These people don't know what they did to you. They, you know, they don't, they'd have to be you to understand the, the gravity of what was done. But it's imperative that you find peace. Don't stay locked in, in, in the past of, of what happened in, in, in back in the day. Don't stay there because God's got so much more for you. But it's going to require you to release that person or those people. 